Now, I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning. Turn to the book of John. How many of you love the book of John? John is what I always call the, they're all prophetic, but, but John is the, is the prophetic gospel, you know? And, and instead of talking about the birth of Jesus, he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's, it's like the prophetic gospel. But I love the book of John. You can turn to uh, chapter two. And if you want to follow along in message notes in the YouVersion Bible app, uh, you can go uh, on there and just go to the bottom right and more. Click that. You can find our message notes uh, there under events and uh, you can take those notes with you, amen? Well, how many of you believe that tomorrow is the last day of January? I see a lot of heads shaking. Last day of January, wait a minute, last day of January 2022. <laughs> you know, but you know, this month has just kind of started off with a really fast pace. And I know for us, you know, we started out with the, with the week of prayer and fasting, and we were meeting every night here to pray and, and talking about those prayer requests. They were spread all over the altar, and, and we're just praying. We started out, that, then Dr. Dale came. Dr. Dale spent a week with us here. I know he was here only one Sunday, and he was here for our board meeting, but he spent a week with us. And, uh, and so he was here, and then... Uh, uh, last week, we, <laughs> I won't call it uh, uh, pleasure, but uh, we had the, the joy of being out sick. We had so many of our staff members out sick this last week, and so I was out a week uh, sick, and uh, I just want to thank you guys for your prayers and for your support. Last week was amazing. The way this church just, just, oh, rose up, and amen. I think we just... I just applaud all of you. My wife and I sat home last Sunday watching it online, and we were, we were like, yes, that's the way. I want that every week. You know? I just do it every week. You know? the, the worship team was amazing. They were amazing this morning. How many know in, I don't know, it was like 32 degrees or something this morning, right? They were here, what, 8 o'clock or 8.15. They were here rehearsing out in that kind of cold. Amen? And so I'm just so thankful. But last week was wonderful, and and so we've just had a really, really busy, busy month. But during this month, over the last few weeks, we've been in a message series that I've titled Reaching Forward, Reaching Forward. And it, this is a message series about transition. And transition is defined, in, and we use Philippians 3.13, we use scripture to define what transition is. It's forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. That's what transition is, and that's what this series, it's about reaching forward. It's not so much about, about what lies behind. We had a word this morning in the prayer room about, about God just convicting us that he has forgiven us. There is therefore no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what lies behind, amen? Reaching forward to what lies ahead. God has so much for us lying ahead. God has so many plans. You know, if, 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 if you think the best thoughts about somebody you love, and, you know, you, if we just think the best thought, think about God and the best thoughts he has for us. Amen? I mean, and that's what he has, and that's what he's calling us here to reach forward to. You see, transition is this place that we find ourselves at times, this place from, that is between where we've been 
and where God is leading us to. That's what transition is all about. It's, it's a place that I believe there's a lot of people in. As I talk with people in our church and I talk with people in the community and friends and family, there's a lot of people in transition these days. People changing jobs and, and people moving and relocating and, and, and just there just seems to be a lot of transition. And I know as a church, we're a church in transition. Can somebody say amen? amen? We're a church in transition. We are in that place as a body of people from where God has had us, and we're reaching forward to where God is leading us. We're a church in transition. So the question I start out with this morning is, what do you do when you find yourself in the midst of transition between where you've been and where God wants you to be? How many know that's transition? How many know we're not always right where God wants us to be? But if we're reaching forward to what God wants us to be, God says you're right where I want you to be. Did you hear me? If you're forgetting and leaving behind those things in the past, God's saying, reaching forward, you're right where I want you. Keep reaching keep reaching. Paul says, the question here this morning, he says, is for, for us as a people is, what do you do? Well, Paul's answer is in Philippians 3.12. It says, you press on. Paul tells us, he says, when in that place of transition, he says, press on, reach forward, take a hold of what God has called. He says it this way, press on, take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of you. How many know that Jesus took a hold of you? Jesus took a hold of you. He, he grabbed you. He gripped you before you could ever grip him. Why do we love him? Because he first loved us. John 15, 16, it says, it says you did, Jesus says this, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And listen to these words, church. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That word remain means last, forever. I, I chose you, appointed you, that you would go and bear fruit, that your fruit would remain. And listen to this last part because I'm going to come back to it. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. How many, do you. how many of you know there is a correlation or a connection between us reaching forward to what God's calling us to do, to, to doing where he's told us to go, taking hold and bearing fruit, and that that fruit will remain? How many know there's a connection between that and having our prayers answered? There's a, there's a connection in, in, in following what God has for us and being where God wants and having our prayers answered. I'm going to read this again, and I hope you hear this this morning. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask, in the, ask the Father in my name that he may give you. See the connection? There's a correlation there. 
And so when in transition we're told, press on, reach forward, take hold, don't give up, don't turn back, don't start feeling like, wait a minute, I made a mistake here and turn back. No, he says, reach forward, take a hold. And listen to this in verse 14, he says, take a hold of the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. What is the, 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 the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus? I just read it to you out of, out of John 15, that he chose you, appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. How many know every one of us are gonna stand before God one day and the Bible tells us we're going to place crowns before him. The way we're going to glorify him is with the fruit that remains, the fruit that also will stand before him. Are you hearing me, church? You're too quiet this morning. Is it too cold in here? <laughs> okay, amen. I want to read to you a passage of Scripture this morning that is very familiar to most of us. But I love this passage of Scripture. I've, I've, I've preached out of it before, but every time I go back, I see different things. And I just want to share John uh, 2, and starting with verse 1, this is the story of the wedding at Cana. Okay, now and let's just read along with me together. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus, that was Mary, the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now therefore, now there were set before them six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw out now and take it to the master of the feast. Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know from where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Father, we, we thank you, Lord, today. God, we thank you for your word. We thank your word is always fresh. We thank you that your word always comes to speak to our heart and to, to open and change the way we think in our minds. And we thank you, Lord, today. And I pray, Lord, that we will all receive Lord, just what you have in this word for each of us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today I want to talk with you. Uh, I want to talk with you about placing a demand. Placing a demand of faith. I'm, gonna talk, I'm talking about faith, but I'm also talking about what I've 
determine what I'm calling placing a demand. Demand means, listen to this, the definition of demand means to ask with authority without wavering. Place, that word demand means to ask, doesn't mean to tell, it means to ask with authority without wavering. Placing a demand on your faith means placing a faith demand with the authority of God's word, with the authority, placing a demand of faith without wavering, not turning back from where we've been, but reaching forward, taking hold. Don't turn back, don't waver, place a demand of faith. But it also, I wanna talk to you about placing this demand on God. Placing this demand on God's word. Are you hearing me, church? Placing this demand, this asking without, with authority and without wavering. Placing this on God's word, on his promises, and on his power. How many of you know that God is power? Yeah. Amen? He doesn't just have power. He is power. Okay, And he doesn't just give you a promise. There, he, he is promises to us, okay? And God's word, he's not just a God with a word or saying a word. He is the word. When we read scripture, he, the Bible says in John, he says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, the word was before the flesh. Are you hearing me, church? Okay? So I'm talking about placing the demand on God this morning by faith. That's what faith is. Faith means putting a demand on what God tells us we should be putting a demand under and in the authority of Jesus Christ without wavering in our faith. Are you hearing me, church? And I want to show you real quick in this passage of Scripture, there are three things that I want you to see about placing a demand in faith. We, we learn it mainly from Jesus' mother, Mary, but we also learn it from the, the servants here. The first thing we see here is there was a need. Say need. need. There was a need. How many of you have a need this morning? Amen. I do. I have needs. We all have needs. Every one of us... Every one of us have maybe things we're worried about. Maybe you're at home today and there's something that's worrying you. You have a need, okay? We all have needs. Well, there was a need here. There was a wedding. And some, some people, I've, I've heard it said that, that Jesus' that, that Jesus's mother, Mary, was in charge of this wedding. She was the, like the one putting this wedding on. And it says in verse 3, and they ran out of wine. Okay, now, most of us would stop and think, well, that's not that, doesn't seem to be that big of a deal, right? And, and it probably wasn't. I think the reason that they use this is because God wants to know your, your smallest needs are huge to him. God is concerned about every need. He's concerned about the wine at the, at, the, at the wedding. He's concerned about every aspect of your life, every detail. There's no big, you know, big things that are, are too big, and there's no things that are too small for God to not be concerned. But they had a need. They ran out of wine. Now, maybe it was, maybe it was poor planning. You know, they didn't maybe have enough. Maybe it was because... People, there were more people that came that day than they had planned for or knew were coming. Or maybe it was people were just thirstier. You know, people might have just been thirstier. Maybe it was hot, I don't know. 
But there was a need. The bottom line and the thing that we do know, there was a need. They had run out of wine. Okay? There's a common misconception and a lie of the devil. How many know there is a devil? And there's a common misconception that if you caused your problems, they're your problems and you shouldn't ask God to help you. I hear it from so many people, but, but pastor, I caused this. I did this. I want you to understand that, that God is so concerned and he loves you and if there's nothing, you know, if, I will tell you that if I could not ask God to help me in the needs of the, where I've made mistakes in my life, I could never ask God for anything because I have made a ton of mistakes. Amen. How many of you made a few mistakes in your life? How many of you made a few mistakes that hurt other people in your life? You see, I want to tell you that never, ever, it's a lie of the enemy. It's a lie of the enemy. And, and, and I want you to understand this. I, I have never, I have never heard that God ever made a mistake or ever sinned for me or ever made a mistake for me. I do take ownership of my mistakes. I don't say, well, you know, I, I, I did that, but no, I don't do that. I do, take, I do take ownership of the things that I make, but, but God says, forget those things that are behind. He says, reach forward to the things that, that are for. But the Bible teaches us that all have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But see, if the devil keeps hitting you up with this, you caused this. You made that mistake. You made your bed. You lie in it. That's the devil. The devil is actually very good at taking half-truths. The half-truth is, yeah, you did. You caused that. You know, yeah, you did. You may have hurt that person. Yeah, you did. You may have, you may have made that mistake. You, you know, that's a half-truth. But the, the, the response is, God's still concerned about that. God still not only forgives you for whatever you've done, but God says, I want you to forget about it. In fact, the Bible tells us that what God does with sin, he throws it into this sea called forgetfulness. God throws, who knows everything, he chooses to forget something. And the only thing I've ever read in the Bible that he chooses to forget is your mistakes. Amen. Are you hearing me, church? Amen. This is somebody, somebody out there needed this message because it's been on my heart for a couple weeks. But I want you to understand the devil's a liar. The Bible says he's a liar and he's a, the father of lies and he's the father of half-truths. You got to remember the full truth. The truth is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. God says in the word here, he says, forgetting those things that are behind, pressing forward to what I have ahead. That's God. You see, it may be true we made the mistakes. I know I have, okay? And you know what, what, what every once in a while, somebody or something and I know who the source of that somebody or something says, brings up my mistake and wants to beat me over the head with it. And I just have to stop and remember if it's a person, I go, I'm gonna love them. But see, I know my source. My source is the one that's calling me to reach ahead to grab a hold of, okay? Uh, 
Psalms 41, 6 says, God is our refuge and strength. He's our pre very present help in trouble. Now, what I want you to understand is God's not a fair weather God. He doesn't just show up when everything's going great. He wants to show up when you're in trouble. And you know what? When you've gotten yourself in trouble, he'll still show up. Amen. All you have to do is stop and ask. Get, get beyond the mindset that says, I made my bed, I got a lie. I did this, I, you know. Get beyond that mindset. Have a change of your mind in that. Repent, change your mind, and understand he is a God, he is a very present help in times of trouble. Amen. He's our refuge, he's our strength. So at this party, there, there was a need. We don't know why, they, it could have been their mistakes. There was a need. The second thing I want you to, to learn and see here, Mary knew her source. She knew her source. Jesus was her son. She birthed him. She saw him lying in a manger. She changed his diapers. All those things that, that moms do for little babies. And she, I'm sure she wiped his nose as he was growing up and maybe had to spank his bottom some when he was growing I don't know. But I'm assuming that he had a pretty normal childhood because all of that's pretty hidden in the Bible, right? I don't think, you know, the Bible doesn't let us know, you know, about the snotty noses and about, you know, the, the little things he did, right, growing up. But I'm, I'm certain Jesus was a, a pretty regular little boy. And Mary saw that with him growing up. But she did not keep that she did not allow that to keep her from remembering the promises that God made her before he was ever born, before he came, became a baby, before she ever changed a diaper, before she ever wiped a snotty nose. I'm sure that, that in her mind, she knew it. And what did she do when they ran out of wine? It says, when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus says to Jesus, they have no wine. I could just hear a little Jewish mom, you know, just, they have no wine. Jesus turning to her and, and says, but woman, what does your concern have to do with me? Now, I've read articles on one side that say that he didn't mean that out of disrespect. He was just telling her. But the other part is to call your mother, say it like that, say, woman? <laughs> I don't know, that maybe he, she was about ready to give him another little swat on the bottom, but you know, at that point. But woman, that has no concern. But Jesus was saying, my time hasn't come. It's not a right time. Everything's not perfect. The, you know, th this is not the right time. And so Mary knew her source. She knew who he was. She didn't tell the servants, which there were servants there. She didn't say, run down to the store and buy wine. I guess she could have. She didn't try to make an excuse. Oh, they're just drinking too much today, you know? They, she turned to Jesus, who was her source, and she said, we are out of wine. I have a need, and you're my source. She was putting a demand on him right there. Psalms 121, one through two says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. When you find yourself in that deepest place of trouble, that deepest place where you just don't really know what to do, remember, forget those things that are behind. 
What you reach forward to is, is the help that, is on, that this passage said is on the hill. He's the maker of heaven and earth. You reach towards him. That's where our help comes from. Mary knew, Mary knew her source. They had a need. Mary knew where to go and to whom to go to and who was her source. I'm gonna tell you, when you get in the midst of the biggest troubles in our lives, sometimes it's, it's, you, you, you're, you're, you get so overwhelmed with the emotions or anxiety or whatever it is, it's easy to forget God is my source. Amen. Not this or that, not money, not other people, not everything else, but God is my source. And that's where Mary was at. You see, the question for us this morning is, do you know who your source is? Amen? Amen? Do you know where to go in those moments? So the first thing we, is they had a need. The second is Mary knew her source. The, the third thing we see here is Mary placed a demand. She placed a demand on her faith, placed a demand by faith on Jesus. She placed a demand of faith. Now, it says here, let's just go back and read it. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus says to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Look what Mary says. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. There's authority in that. Amen. Jesus had just said, had told her, woman, what does this have to do with me? I'm not involved in this. This is not my time. Mary, I don't want to say ignores that, but she knows the promise that God had made when, before Jesus was born. She knows the promises in the word of God, and she simply, in authority, without wavering, she tells the servants, whatever he says, do it. She placed a demand of faith upon Jesus at that moment. Proverbs 3, 5 through six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Mary's understanding at that point was, well, I guess we just won't have wine or uh, maybe I should send somebody to the store or whatever. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. Even when Jesus says, it's not my time yet. This is the wrong time. This is it. He says, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Yeah. You see, Mary put her trust in the Lord. She put a demand on her faith, a demand of faith on Jesus. When in need, when in need, she knew her source. When in need, she simply went back to the promises the word of God, the promises over, over her life, the promises over Jesus' life, and she placed a demand of faith upon it without wavering, with authority. God wants us to place a demand of faith for the needs we have in our life, for the things God's calling us to do, for the reaching forward. He says, I want you to place, I want you to place a demand of faith on the promises of my word and with authority and, and without wavering, without turning back. Are you hearing me, church? Yeah. Now I want to read on. I want the worship team to go ahead and, and prepare to come. But I want to read on here, and I want you to see what happens after this. Starting in, in verse 6. 
It says, now there were, were six water pots of stone. Just imagine six big water pots of stone up here. Six water pots of stone according to the manner of the purification. This was according to the Jewish law. There were these six water pots. Now listen to this. Containing 120 containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Now, 20 gallons would be 100, or uh, 20 gallons would be 120, uh, it says containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. So if you have six water pots at 20 to 30 gallons, that is somewhere between 120 and 180 gallons of water, okay? Or eventually wine, can you imagine? 180 gallons of wine provided for here, okay? Jesus says to them, now Jesus said here, fill the water pots with water. Now he, the word just said it was containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. What was it containing? I want you to understand it was, it was containing potential. It was containing promises of God. We're already filling those water pots. Jesus says, now you fill it. You fill those pots with water. You fill them up to the brim. Jesus says, fill it all the way to the top until they're running over. He said to them, draw some out now and take them to the master of the feast. And they took it. Now, they drew out, <clears throat> they filled six water pots with 120 to 130 gallons of water, okay? They pulled out whatever it is, a cup or a ladle or whatever it is they, they pulled out and Jesus says, now I want you to take that cup of water to the master of the feast. Now, what are you thinking as a servant if you're told, take this cup of water to the, and the, the master of the feast is crying out for, for wine, you're taking him water. When the master of the feast had tested the water that was made wine, he did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. Now, if you were the bridegroom at this point, you're probably getting a little worried, aren't you? Okay? And then it says that every man, the master, the master of the feast says this, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine and when guests have well drunk, the inferior. You have kept the best. You've kept the good to last. Now, not only, and this is what we, because I want you to understand, God has saved the best for last for us. God has, the best is what is, is what we're reaching forward. God's best is what we should be reaching forward. We need not understand that, okay? But think about this. Think of the, the magnitude of the provision. Six water pots, 20 to 30 gallons each, 120 to, total of 120 to 180 gallons of wine. How long would that last at a wedding? It lasts months. I don't know what it would last. But what God is saying here, and what I believe this past saying, not only have I saved the best for you, God wants you to see and understand that he saved the best for you, but he saved it in a provision that is way beyond all that you could ever ask or take or think.
Are you hearing me, church? What are we reaching forward to? What, what are we leaving behind? We're leaving behind what the, the master of the feast, he calls the, he, he says here, it's, not the, it's the, the, not the good wine, or it's the inferior is the word he uses. What are we leaving behind? The inferior to where God wants us. Why is God calling us forward? Why is God saying to reach for? Because he knows he has the best, the better for us. And, but we've got to learn to leave the past Leave the inferior behind. Reach forward. Take a hold of the God's best. That's what we're reaching for. We're taking hold of God's best. That's what God's calling us to do. The next verse 11 says then, this was the beginning. The beginning signs of Jesus that Jesus did in Cain of Galilee, he manifested his glory. His disciples believed in him. I really believe with all my heart that the place of transition we're at, if we will not try to understand it in our own mind, if we will trust in the Lord with all of our heart, stop trying to lean on our own understanding. Whatever place of transition you're at, stop leaning on your own on your own uh, mind as said and your own thoughts but trust him for what lies ahead. Amen. Trust him. Trust him. And he says reach. There's a, there is a, uh, in that word reach, it is, it, it, it's talking with effort. It's saying with passion. Go after God what lies ahead. Take a hold of it. Just as he took a hold of you. We're to take a hold of what he has for us in the same way that Jesus took a hold of us. See, I believe, church, this is just the beginning. If we'll, if we'll leave some things behind, God has so much better. Don't listen to the news. The news says everything is gloom and doom. The future is doom. No, no, because we choose. We're not going to see the future from the world's eyes. We're going to say, well, hey, we're praying for you, world. But we're, we've left that behind, and we're reaching forward to what God is calling us to. We're reaching forward to his promises, and we're doing it with authority without wavering. We're not going back. We're reaching forward. Can somebody say amen? amen. See, the, the question I want to leave you today, and then we'll pray. What is your need today? I want you just to close your eyes with me. I want you just to stop right now in your own heart. I, I, I really sensed in, the, in this service that hearts were crying out to God. What's that need today that's in your heart? What's that greatest need? You see, if God's concerned about wine in this story, he's concerned about anything whether it be provision, whether it be your health, whether it be uh, financial needs, whether it be your children or your parents or family or whatever it is. He says, reach forward, whatever that need is. If it's your health, you know, the Bible has an answer. It says, call for the elders. 
Let them anoint you with oil. Pray the prayer of faith. If it's financial, God gives us answers to that. He says, bring the tithe into the storehouse and see if I don't rebuke the devourer and bless you. He says, he says give and it shall be given. God has a plan for every situation in our lives. He says, raise up a child in the way they should go. When they're older, they won't depart. There's an answer in the word for every need, every situation we have. First, what is your need? Second, who is your source? Look to Jesus as your source. Ask him right now. With your eyes closed, your heads bowed, just stop and say, God, this is my need. You can even hold it out in front of you if you want. Say, God, this is my need. Here it is. This is what's crying out of my heart today. This is my need. I give it to you. Do it with authority. Do it without wavering. Say, God, I know you love me so much that this need is important. So what is your need? Who is your source? And place a demand by faith. Place a demand by faith. I want you just to stand to your feet today. As we pray, as I pray over you this morning, and then we close with this last wonderful worship song, I want you as I'm praying over you to agree with me in prayer for the needs and for each one of us, for each home represented here, each home that is online with us this morning. Let's all agree together today and for this church as a, as a family, as a community. So Father, today, God, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that you have taught us to forget the things in the past and to go after what your best, to go after what you have for us. And so, God, that's what we do. God, every one of us, I pray today, Lord, over these needs, every need represented in this house, those online in their homes. God, the needs of this church. And God, we stand together in agreement today. We pray in agreement. Every need met, we come to you, Lord Jesus, because you are our source. You are our source of meeting every need. And Lord, we place a faith demand according to your promises, according to your word, we pray, we place a faith demand, Lord, over these needs today. In Jesus' name we pray. Church, we're gonna sing. If you have something you need to be prayed over, I want you just, you can just come up front. We'll pray with you if it's whatever need it is. We'll be glad to pray with you. I'll ask our leaders and, and elders if, if they would just remain up front around here. And if whatever needs you have, if you would just come forward. But otherwise, just let's seal what the Lord has done today in your hearts. Seal it in the Holy Spirit in this last song. Sing it with authority, without wavering. Amen, church.